Here it goes. Drive. Huh. All right, welcome to the Liberty Block Live. We have the honor of having former representative Josh Moore from Merrimack in the Axel studio. Welcome to the Liberty Block Live and thanks for coming on. Thank you very much, Elliot, appreciate it. You were a state rep in the New Hampshire House for four years. I was, yeah. And in 2018, so a few months ago, you decided not to run for re-election, right? That is correct. So before we get to why you didn't run, what you're doing now, can you just discuss quickly with the viewers you were four years in the state house. What that experience was like? I guess the ups and the downs. Imagine being arrested and thrown in prison for four years. <laughs> That's it right there. Being assaulted over yeah. and over again. <laughs> Explain why you um, felt that way. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to. No. It, actually, I do kind of joking when I tell people about it. Uh, I, I they say, "Oh, you you uh, served in legislature." I said, "Yeah, I served my time as if I was yeah, in prison yeah. for four years." Kind of funny, but no, it was a good experience. It was an honor to serve the people for sure. Um, you know, in all seriousness, it was a lot of fun. I learned a lot uh, from a lot of different people, even people I didn't agree with. Um, mm -hmm. Fundamentally, I, I learned quite a bit, and I had to sharpen my skills talking. And um, yeah, it was it was a good time. I sat on the education committee for four That's years. That's great. That's great. Yeah, yeah, got to uh, call out some of the uh, uh, not state reps, but the representatives of the college education system, and I compared them to communists because that's what they pretty much are. Really, they are. I mean, mm -hmm. one of them referred to the students as test subjects in the <laughs> testimony. I had no one of recorded course. it. I was like, oh gosh, you got to be kidding. So me. during your four years, so if you were on the education committee, you'd know those bills. I would assume. Do you think? the needle move towards freedom or away from freedom during those four years? Um, that's really hard to say. It depends on the what good bills think. passed. Did you yeah. pass good bills? Yes, we did. We passed good pill bills, but we passed a lot of bad bills too. You know, um, it, it was just, it, it was a toss up really. I, I think, I think overall we passed more good than bad, but there were some bills that were fundamentally flawed and wrong, which I believe mm -hmm. are part of the cornerstone of American liberty, which got passed and were mm -hmm. a violation of uh, rights and whatnot. And do so, you sponsor any bills that ultimately passed? Uh, I did, yes. Uh, I actually helped sponsor the play-based kindergarten, I believe it was. Oh, by the what-based kindergarten? Play-based kindergarten, which allows kids to have their ability to go in and, and uh, Based on kindergarten playing, playing around instead great. of being sucked into all the schoolwork and whatnot. So I was that's just good. reading another book about that. Yeah. The play stuff. is important, especially as you're younger. And Victoria Sullivan, who is uh, running for uh, mayor of Manchester, put that bill forward and it was signed into law. So that was good. Did a good job there. I did. Uh, I signed on a constitutional carry, the, our first attempt in 2000. I believe it was my first term. I don't remember if it was the first or second year. Uh, but then the next term came up. Maggie Hassan was ousted, and we had mm -hmm. uh, Governor Sununu, right? And he but, signed it, yeah. But that first time, did it pass the House? Did Hassan veto it? Uh, she did. She vetoed no, well, it? actually, I, I forget. Uh, no, I don't, I don't remember if it passed the Senate or not. I'm trying to remember if it, I believe 
it may have passed the house because we did have the majority. But I'm so terrible. Yeah. Remember what? Yeah, passed no, that's, that's right. That's it's right. Ridiculous. That's awesome. Awesome. So you decided not to run, even though I, I think the people of Maryland. Yeah, yeah, I decided you. not. And, to and run. was there a specific? Were you kind of sick of it, or was there a specific thing you wanted to do? moving on with your activism for freedom? That's a really good question. Uh, so it, it all boils down to the point, one, number one, I told my district that, and this was Hillsborough uh, 21, District Hillsborough 21. So the town of Merrimack. Uh, town of Merrimack. And uh, I, I told them, I said, look, I'm going to run for no more than three terms, likely two, no more than three. That's amazing because, sorry to cut you off, but a lot of people say that. A lot in Congress, uh, in the U.S. House, the U.S. Senate, and in the State House, and, and city council, they say, I'm going to run for one term, I'm going to run for two terms. And it seems like they all violate that promise that they make to people they because do. they ultimately get sucked into being career politicians. You think uh, Schumer, who started his career at 21 years old in the New York State Assembly, it's like our state house. Mm -hmm. Bernie Sanders, who started his career at, at 40 or whatever. I'm sure they probably said the same thing. And, and it seems like every politician says, I'm only going to run for one or two terms. And then seven years later, you have a 74 year old socialist saying everyone needs to have the same health care. So it's amazing that you kept that oath and you didn't run. It's, it's hard to step down from that. Yeah, it, I, I think at the, at the end of the day, uh, don't get me wrong. I mean, it, it, the opportunities that I got as a state rep were pretty cool. Uh, mm -hmm. they, they were they were legit. You know, you get a lot of perks with it. You know, you get to go into the meet the candidates in uh, specific areas. It's really great. But that's not why I ran. Right. I ran because I really wanted to return to the founding principles of America. And you felt like to, you were successful in that? Um, to a degree. To a degree. I, I, and this is why, again, I didn't run for a third term. I came to the end of my second term, and I realized, oh, my gosh, we're not going to change anything mm -hmm. in Concord if we don't mm -hmm. restore culture first. We've got to begin to get in the high schools, the college campuses. We've got to get to the youth and start teaching them and inspiring them on the Constitution and the founding principles of America, natural rights, yeah. which is a big thing that I'm, I'm very passionate about letting people know about. Uh, because no one talks like that today, or it's becoming more and more. Even the case. smart conservatives don't really understand that the rights are natural. They think the Constitution gave us rights. Right. They don't realize the Constitution may be guaranteed our natural rights. Right. But that's the education part. People need to understand that we have natural rights, that the Constitution, all it did was sought to, to guarantee those rights and, and protect them from the government. But our rights are natural by being human. You know, I believe it's religious. I think it's, it's natural by being a human. You have certain rights. And yeah. the point is to secure those rights. And the government didn't give us our rights. They didn't own us in the first place. Right. Well, it's like Thomas Jefferson said, uh, these truths are self-evident. They're mm -hmm. all self -evident. Equal, Right? Yeah. And we are born with unalienable rights mm -hmm. by our creator with a capital C. So it's really interesting, this stuff. And you and I have had a chat about yeah, that yeah. before. Because I was actually having a discussion with somebody about that uh, about a week ago, a, a good friend. And we were chatting about natural rights and where they come from. And, and obviously Jefferson and the founding fathers believed that they were God-given. And, mm -hmm. and, and so here's the point, kind of on that topic today when we're talking about I won't dive too deep into it but because this could be a long conversation. But um, I always ask people, and you got to come to the fundamental question, where do natural rights come from? We say we're born with them. Well, okay, but if the – so – if the founding fathers came up with natural rights and they just defined them, they came up with this concept of natural rights. If they are men and they define them, we are men too. Can we not redefine them? Interesting. You know, what, what's the well, that's standard? Da that's dangerous. Right. What's yeah. the standard by which we have defined natural rights? Well, we're born with them. Oh, okay, great. Well, but who who ultimately gives us those natural rights? And that's mm -hmm. a really question. That so you think decided. that with, with your new project that we're going to talk all about, yeah. you can – 
do more for that influence the the culture and freedom in New Hampshire more than you could in the state house? Oh yeah, absolutely. So tell us. So tell us about your new project. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so it's the Patriot Initiative, and uh, we're all about restoring culture and government. Uh, and some people might laugh. They'll say, "Restoring government? Oh my gosh, that's what we don't want." You know, we want to restore our constitutional yeah. government, bound specifically and strictly by the Constitution. Those eighteen enumerated powers. Oh, you know. And yes, I am one of those conservatives. Uh, that be absolutely believes in abolishing any and every department so and agency and bureaucracy that does not fall under the so Constitution. You're a libertarian. In, in that sense, yeah, I, I could. But I'm not one of those, what do they say, cultural libertarians? Yeah, no, culturally or conservative. Oh, yeah, very, what? I'm conservative too. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, I'm, whoa. No, I, I am. And, and as I get older, and, and, and I'm yeah. very libertarian, you know, voluntarist, anarchist, yeah. whatever. As I get older, I realize that personally in my own house, in my own bed, in, in my own personal life i am very conservative increasingly conservative mm -hmm. with every passing day i think to myself like i'm just, i feel more like you know more like my dad my mom like, yeah different generation of conservative old school modest you know which, yep. which is fine so personally i'm very conservative um but but still as far as politics and as far as laws and everything i'm, I'm still totally libertarian which is yeah. fine and I, I don't think by the way i don't think that that's an oxymoron i don't think you you, you can't be both They're actually yeah, no, I, I remember i posted a while back on facebook i said that you could be a liberal yep. a libertarian and a conservative at the same time if you yep. look back at the original 1828 definition mm -hmm. of no and, dictionary and there are a lot of libertarians words. i know who, who are very christian very very good yeah but yeah so anyway what were you saying about the patriot initiative yeah yeah so the patriot initiative we're all about restoring culture and government and uh, the first step to that is holding cultural forum discussions at high schools, college campuses, and outside of that as well. And you've done a few of these already? Yeah, we've done one uh, forum on restoring education in Hampton Beach uh, back in February, I believe it was, or end of January. Haven't you spoken a few times already? I've seen some some posts of you, or pictures of you speaking a few times. Yeah, I've spoken at a number of events now about but The Patriot it. Initiative was just... You only had one event officially with the team. We've had one, well, two official events, actually. We had our constitutional leadership training. And how many people showed up to that? Uh, nearly 40. How, how did you get people, how did you get people to show up to that? Uh, I'm cool. <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I'm wondering, like, what exactly did, did you, you advertise or, or did you know all the people? Yeah, no, we, we definitely advertised. And obviously people who know me wanted to show up and everything. But we had... I would say at least half the room that I hadn't met before, which was great. That's amazing, yeah. Yeah, so we had a lot of new attendees, which I had never met before. It was great. Uh, and the whole purpose behind the constitutional leadership training is to provide uh, education and inspiration for the, and tools, right, for those who want to become public activists mm -hmm. in politics and government. And we want to inspire people to run for office, mm -hmm. young people particularly to run for public office, because that's the restoration of that government aspect that we're fighting for. You know, uh, most people stop at activism. Mm -hmm. We want people to get involved. We want to show them, here's how you can be effective and principled. Here are the tools, the knowledge, and the understanding of the Constitution and how to articulate that in today's current culture. And to so the people, the people who showed up, you said around 40 people to, to the last one, were they already active like people people like us and they came to that or were they people who, who maybe were apolitical or weren't that active yet yeah some of them are very active and have been for a long time others have never been active at, ever before and, and they that's for cool some part. reason wanted to come yeah they to wanted to come because because they heard about what we're doing and they, they they like it they said this is really cool i haven't heard anything like this there's i don't see any other organizations really doing a lot of this and that was pretty neat yeah yeah, we, we had a yeah good time. it's interesting. I know you you mentioned culture a lot, which mm -hmm. I, I would agree. And you know, all AFPM GLA, they talk about culture as well sometimes. Yeah. And and it seems like we all agree, or at least some of us activists agree that culture is important because we need a culture of you would say conservative, I would say conservative, but also libertarian and, and individualism and all that. But 
some other libertarians who you know in new hampshire would say you no know, good libertarians who i respect a lot would say yeah. we should you know we shouldn't really be pushing on culture because it's all 100 political which I, I agree with but i also disagree with um I, I think politics is downstream from culture and culture could affect it but at the same time and i just realized this just a second ago they would acknowledge that culture is involved in politics right because they i assume they, they would acknowledge that the term cultural marxism is a thing yeah because it's there's a whole culture and again i see the, the big picture of it I don't know if that makes me smarter or dumber than these people, but I see the whole big picture of cultural Marxism, uh, which I'm sure you know very well of, you know, the story of the family, this, you know, that no, no mom, no dad, no nothing. And the government takes care of you. Then you're dependent. Then you're a parasite. And same as 1984, they did the same thing. Right. Yeah. So they would acknowledge that there's cultural Marxism. So what we're trying to do or what you're trying to do with the Patriot Initiative is push back against the cultural Marxism on a culture level as well as politics. Yeah. So they should, they should agree that that's important that it's yeah absolutely i mean so here's an example for number one one of my big things obviously is family values and the restoration of marriage and and, and the family unit as a whole um sanctity of life for example these are big issues out there if we when we look at the problems we have just worldwide governmentally in the u.s statewide and you know uh, local level all the way up to federal level Every single solitary issue we're facing right now can be directly related and correlated right back to mm -hmm. one problem, the family, the family unit. And what is the, the, really the fundamental question we've got to ask ourselves when it comes to culture, what is culture? Mm -hmm. what is, how do you make up a culture? Well, individuals. Individuals come together. You have a mom and dad to come together, create babies. Babies grow up. Now you've got kids. Now you've got a mom, dad, and kids, right? You just triggered Bam. Why no? I know. So you got mom, dad, and Edit kids. Edit that out right boom here we go and all of a sudden now you've got millions of these people walking around and you've got these different ideas these different values and principles that come together and maybe not everybody agrees on exactly everything but you come together in agreement now you have a culture mm -hmm. you have different pockets of different culture you know the midwest culture west northeast southeast you know what cowboys I mean. like you and me yeah that's right so you have that but when we're looking at it uh and i'm, I'm with you i've heard of other people too uh from different uh, backgrounds, will say, well, culturally doesn't matter and whatnot, but it does because culture affects politics. And so, see, here's what pro the problem we run into now. Now you've got the government growing because of a broken culture. Broken culture creates broken government. Government grows, gets involved in culture, like getting involved in the bedroom and whatnot. And everything. They're and, involved in every and part of the Everything. Life. Science, education, all of it. I mean, now they're, they, they're telling you what, you can use a straw, you know, banning straws. We just did here in New Hampshire. And I already started panic panic buying, right. started panic buying. I know. So, I saw, I saw before they're banned, yeah. So it's getting involved in all the decisions. And so when we look back, we say, we, 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 you know, we've got to get culture. We've got to we got to separate everything. And that is correct. We have to separate. We have to separate government from yeah. culture. When, when, when you say that culture affects the the politics and uh -huh. the laws and everything the one big thing that i keep thinking of and again because i saw this when i lived in new york city for 10 years my primary job was going into people's homes in the bronx primarily and, and in all five boroughs really but i spent a lot of time in the projects in the bronx and what i saw was a lot of single mothers raising babies the the average if you ask me from what i've seen from the thousands of patients i've seen from the thousands of mothers i've seen in the bronx the average first time mother in the bronx is probably around 14 years old Wow. insane unbelievable yeah so the average so some are 12 or 13 having a few babies some are 17 but the average around 14 the first first baby they have the average girl now that girl is and and they were with you know met some random guy in the club and then you know she got pregnant so she doesn't you might not know who the guy is and um so she doesn't have a boyfriend or a husband so totally alone doesn't know who it is because she's been with a few men recently right 
They don't know who the dad is. And then nine months later, she has a kid. If it's a girl, she's being raised by a 14-year-old who's a child herself, trying to raise a child, no man, no job, no adult, just one child, one adult, one a 14-year-old girl. No, no home, no job, no marriage. If you ask me, and the statistics agree, I believe, the, the three things you need to do to make sure your kid has success is have, have a house, have a job, and have a marriage. If you have those three things, they'll probably be successful. If you are missing one of those things, less less of a chance. Oh, if you're sure. missing all three, they will be a failure. Jail, dead, crime, drugs, they will be a failure. You want to guarantee your kid's a failure? Have a kid with no marriage, no job, and no house. I yeah, guarantee I, that they'll yeah. fail. 99% chance. Yes. And that's what I saw. And, and that's why, again, when I was when I was younger, I thought, you know, these people are so irresponsible. They're idiots. But now I feel bad. And I understand there's a massive, it, it's a system, you know, systemic issue. And now I understand yeah. that. And I feel bad for them because is the 14-year-old girl to blame? I don't know, maybe. But it's her parents. And it's their parents. And it's a cycle. And I saw this a lot. I, you know, I had partners. I, I worked in Bronx with partners who, she had a daughter. She was like 18 already. But she had like a two or three-year-old uh, little girl, I think. So, you know, it was a grandkid and her daughter's 18, single, raising a kid. So, and I've saw this, all, all my friends, I had empty partners who, who were 19, already had babies, you know, very, and no no wife, no nothing, no job, no house. They had a job, but no house, no wife, no marriage. So that's, I think, the biggest issue. And and that's something that, like you said, it's, politics is downstream from culture. That affects a lot of politics. You have people who are single mothers and naturally being selfish, like all humans are, they do want to vote for more welfare, more Medicaid. And I'll tell you, but... I'll stop talking in a second, but one of the most disturbing things I've heard ever, I was, I was once um, in, in Miami, I was in the Bronx with an EMT partner. I, th I, I think it was a black dude who lived in the Bronx. Um, and I, I asked him, partner, I've heard that people, that there are some some females in the Bronx who have kids for the primary purpose of getting more welfare benefits. Hmm. And I was going to ask him if that was true. And I knew I knew the answer was not, it was not true. No one would do that. And I said, partner, is that right? I've heard some people do that. And he said, absolutely some women in the Bronx do that. And when he said that, I was, I was, crushed and i'm like and i wasn't even that pro-life yet at this point i was yeah. still i was still ambiguous ambivalent but um when i heard that i was like because i understand the gravity of what it means to bring a human into this world yeah like when i do it it'll it'll be with a, a lot you know a lot of thought about it right it's not a little decision you make for a little more money a few bucks you know what i mean it's not like you know selling a stock or buying something for a few bucks it's a big decision there are people just for more welfare benefits because you get more you get Medicaid, you get more food stamps, you get, I think, more HUD, more WIC, more other stuff, and some more spending money and TANF and all that stuff. Yeah. So when I asked him and he said yes, and again, he was, you know, a Democrat, he was, he was, you know, a dude from the Bronx, he was one of them, and he admitted it. He said, yes, of course, you know, I know females who had a baby for the primary purpose of being a parasite, getting more money from taxpayers. And that was, that was also another big turning point, I think, for me. It was horrible to hear that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know why they're doing it, though? I mean, the ultimate reason is obviously climate change. Yeah. I mean, well, climate change has forced them to do it. So, what are you going to do about climate change? Clearly, I mean, AOC is absolutely right. Farting cows are going to ruin the, the Bronx, world. Yeah. And um, the whole world's going to end in 12 years because of the farting cows. So, you know what this means? Yeah. This means we need to begin to to save the world. Mm -hmm. We have to slaughter all the cows and sell steak at a, and people, at a very low price. And people are the issue. Humans are the issue, also, by the way. You, you yeah, heard, uh, was true. it John Kerry? A few days ago, John yes, Kerry and Thomas to, Massey. Oh, Thomas Massey, what a brilliant! I man. love him. I love him. Too. Yeah, but but what John Kerry seemed to be saying, and again, I I think I think it was you know Thomas Massey was punching down at John Kerry, who's just a, a buffoon, who you know a politician, and Thomas yeah. Massey obviously like a, you know doctorate with doctorate in engineering from MIT, whatever degree he has, smart dude. Um, he probably knows more about the science than Kerry, but I think it's pretty sad that he even is bullying Kerry. But whatever, that's fine. Um, Kerry, but what John Kerry, <laughs> Kerry seemed, asked for it. Yeah, of course. No, he's a bastard. But what he was seemingly saying was, you know, they talked about 20 million years ago and 80,000 years ago and now with humans. What he seemed to be saying is that now with humans on the planet, we are destroying the planet. And, and the left believes this. They believe that humans are a plight on this planet. And and then what? What's the rest of the sentence? 
you less humans should exist? I don't know. You have some leftist, the radical ones like AOC, right? Alexandria said we shouldn't have babies, maybe because mm -hmm. humans are so bad. I guess our methane, you know, I, I, I'm guilty. I do produce some methane sometimes. <laughs> I fart. We all do. No, really? Um, um, yeah. So, I, 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 I but, know that. That's pretty. Yeah, but but that's the issue, right? So they think that we're we're destroying the planet, right? Yeah. It's not. I mean, I'll, I know some things aren't really bad for the planet, like flying um, airplanes and, and Hummers and stuff and, and cars. That's not bad, right? Especially when the politicians like Alexandria and John Kerry fly airplanes every day. Yeah, I know. Um, that's not an issue, right? But it's it's me. You're, no, you're the issue. Yeah, I'm the yeah, issue. How dare you? So, so what are you going to do about climate change to save us? Because we're we have a coast. We do have a sea coast. We're yeah. going to drown within maybe twelve years. Absolutely. Well, to start off, I, I will say we have we do have a, a an event coming up to uh, discuss this issue. It's Kill all humans. That's a yeah, great quote. And yeah. um, we're going. It's actually going to be in Sunapee, uh, the middle high school in Sunapee on Tuesday, April sixteenth of this Tuesday. It's going to be at the in Sunapee again. From 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. And we're going to have a few panelists there that are going to be pretty extraordinary. Uh, we have Joe Dialo, who is the co-founder of the Weather Channel and a climatologist. Wow. Very extensive background. Yeah, yeah, that's a big deal. Uh, so have, he's not, not quite as smart as John Kerry, but he's, he's pretty smart. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> then we have uh, Ron Moore, who uh, happens to be my father, actually. And uh, he is a weather historian as well as a, a storm chaser. He's been chasing uh, tornadoes and more recently hurricanes for 38 years. And is he an expert on the climate itself as well? Uh, for all intents and purposes, yeah. He's got a master's degree in studying climate uh, specific to hurricanes. Wow. Specific to hurricanes. And I would yeah. say that's not relevant, hurricanes, to, uh, to global warming. I'm sorry, climate change. But what the left is saying now, and I've heard this from, from a lot of my friends, is that one of the great things is that climate change is causing all these more storms and everything. That's correct. Glad so it is that. relevant, yes. No, it's totally relevant because when I was in high school, I graduated in 2008. I remember being in high school, and they told me junior, junior and senior year, I remember it was said, uh, tornadoes and hurricanes are going to increase in severity and quantity. And the snow is going to begin to decrease significantly. We'll have little to no snow within, what, 10 or 15 years. I wish that were the case. Uh, I know, right? <laughs> well, we, we haven't seen we, – we've actually seen the opposite. We've seen a pretty much a, an even um, trend on snow. We've seen a decrease in hurricanes and tornadoes over the last 10 years. How do we know this? Well, my dad and I my family, we actually go out and chase these tornadoes. I mean, people follow the, the yep. Facebook page the storm morning. They'll see this stuff live. We chase twisters. We've been doing that for nearly 20 years now as a family. Mm -hmm. So we've seen this stuff in person on the ground. My goodness gracious, I wish climate change yeah. were causing more tornadoes. We'd have much, much more uh, fun and hurt, you know, uh, vacations, you know? Getting tongue twisted there, trying to and think of hurricanes and tornadoes at the same time. We can't even say it. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing because if you read 1984, right? I have not. not oh, yet. my God. You need to read 1984. I, if I have a copy here, I'll, I'll lend it to you. One of the one of the great things about 1984, and you can imagine, I'm sure you've heard bits and pieces. Yeah, I have. One of the amazing things about this fully communist society, which is the society that the Democrats, the majority party in New Hampshire, would would want to implement, one of the the hallmarks is that they control the news, which we see today, right? Uh, obviously, you know all the links between ABC, CNN, NBC, and and ABC, I believe, with with the White House and DNC. It's all you know. Donna Brazil runs the DNC, runs CNN, runs ABC. It's a revolving door, right? So the leftist government, the deep state, the authoritarian, the swamp controls media. In 1984, they, they really control media to the next level. They have the, the newspapers. It's all state run, which we're getting there in America. Give it five, ten years, it'll happen. <laughs> and whenever they're, they're wrong on something, so let's say global warming, which we see this happening. When they're wrong, they actually, I think they recall all the old newspapers and, and, and uh, 
journalism and books and they burn them and they they put out a new paper a new newspaper for that day saying that never happened it doesn't exist and they they start shaming people and pressing people who like question whether that really happened and then what happens to you know there's no evidence of it in the race history there's no evidence to the contrary and and that's what the left is doing i think 30 40 years ago before i was born but in the 70s and 80s from what i've heard they were pushing global cooling right they were afraid it was going to get colder there. then they were saying global warming maybe maybe the last 20 years but then they realized that it's such bs I'm trying to keep it family friendly, maybe. It's such BS that now they're saying that's climate change. Yeah. So because it's, and that lets them get away with anything. Cold, warm, it's all climate change. That's that's exactly right. They can't they can't uh, lose the argument. And if you were to follow the news, and it's amazing what they do with news, if you were to follow the news right now to try to let's say Google whether there are more hurricanes or tornadoes, whether they're more common now versus 20 years ago, no one's gonna say that they're less common now, even though they said they would be more common. They wouldn't admit that they're wrong. And that's what and I, and again, I read one thing from you know a far right, crazy extremist, radical um climate change denier. And and it said something like Katrina, which is so 15 years ago. Katrina, since Katrina, there hasn't been a big storm until the next big one a few years ago, down in New Orleans or somewhere in Louisiana. Yeah. Um the, it was like 15 years of a gap, which is one of the bigger gaps we've seen in history, I believe. So maybe they're less less uh frequent now than before, but no one talks about that. And what's really scary is they erase history. They rewrite history. They do. They they erase it and they rewrite it. And it's it's unfortunate because here's the problem with the Ministry of Truth. Yep. When we end up with fake science and climate change and whatnot, we end up buying this lie and we base our legislation and energy policy and whatnot on it. And it jacks the rates up on people and they're getting nothing for it, number one. But I'll tell you something even worse than that. And we're going to cover this in the forum. What happens when you perpetuate a lie, right? You take science and you perpetuate a lie that is not proven. You tell people this is what's going to happen. People prepare for it. They spend money preparing for it. And then it doesn't happen. And something much worse actually happens. Mm -hmm. People look at that and go, oh, my gosh, we didn't prepare for this. For, for example, we're going to prepare for no snow in New England because climate change is going to cause no snow. Oh, my God. Well, we right. we yeah. take away the money for it, and then now more snow hits. They go, whoa, you told us there was no going to be no snow. Well, now we've got less plows on the road and whatnot, right? Darn, That's a problem. Right. And we experience that with tornadoes and hurricanes, too. Now, they said it was going to increase in severity and quantity. So here's here's the deal. Here, Logically, here's how, here's how that's laid out. People go, okay, we're going to prepare for all these natural disasters to happen. They spend money. They, they you know, like a prepper. We need more FEMA. Grants yeah, more all funds the, we FEMA. spend all that. Well, it doesn't happen. And people go, well, what the heck? It didn't happen. Well, it's the boy who cried wolf. They say 10 years go by, 15 years go by, nothing's going to happen, whatever. We let our guard down. All the money's depleted now. We spent money all for the, for a decade. But actually, real scientists and meteorologists who are following storms are saying, we never said this was going to happen. You listen to the media and all the big, big, big bad liars. We tried to tell you it was going to be about 15 years from now, not this being course, you know, back in the early 2000s. Well, Gore said in like well, 2000 20 something, by, by 2014, right. all the ice they said, melted. We're going, we're going to have big, bad tornadoes and hurricanes, but it's going to happen within a cycle. It's a cyclical event. And people are going to look at that and go, oh, my gosh, what the heck happened? I thought you said there was going to be, you know, all these tornadoes and hurricanes. Well, there weren't. Now there are, but we weren't prepared for it. That's a great point that I hadn't thought about because, you know, on, on the budget committee, when when uh, the plows, the, the Department of Public Works or whatever, they ask for more money. We need a few million dollars for a plow or a few hundred thousand dollars for a new plow and the truck and this and that and the salt. What, I, what I'm going to do next time, and I'll, I'll probably, you know, reprimand it or, or thrown off the committee for it. But what I might do next time is say, yeah. whoa, guys, 
Alexandria Alexandria Cortez Cortez. said, you know, my girl from the Bronx said that within 12 years we'll be dead. So maybe let's not spend money. There's no point spending money. That's exactly. We're not going to have snow anymore. That's what I tell them. That's exactly what I thought too. You know what really rips me? So Al Gore comes out in 2004, 5, 6-ish around that time. Uh, by the time I was starting, before he got rich on climate change. Oh my gosh, he ticks me <laughs> off. He comes out, and it's like you said, what 2015 or so. We're gonna be the ice is. Gonna I think be it's about 2014. All the ice will melted. We'll be drowning. We'll, we'll be drowning underwater. Well, well, what the heck, Al Gore? Nothing happened, and Al goes, "Whoa, whoa, um, Alexandria, would you please take the wheel here? Yeah, take yeah. the mic, and you come up with some stupid plan here." I want to talk about yeah. drowning. Can we talk about drowning for a little bit? Yeah, let's talk about drowning. Okay. As it so, relates to climate change. So, yeah, yeah, of course, of course, because <laughs> no, I. Uh, I was on YouTube a few days ago. I was actually at work. Yeah. I was at the base and I had some downtime. And this is, I guess, like two weeks ago on Saturday. I saw a video. I some, somehow stumbled upon a YouTube video of, it seems like a, like a legit forum. Like, you know, two guys in suits talking. <laughs> and, <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I don't know. Some, some guy might have been a scientist or just some guy debating against climate, global warming crap. And there was someone asking him questions. And there was a, a crowd, like, with live, they could ask questions sometimes. And they were talking. And then... It seems like one woman stood up. I'm gonna show you the video. I wish I could play it for the for the audience, but I'm gonna link it. One woman stands up and says something about, "Do you not acknowledge that the sea levels are rising? How do you deny it?" And um, this guy, the suit, who was being you no know, nice and calm, you know, more well behaved than we are, he flips out, and we can't beep it out, but he starts saying some some pretty serious words. Of oh, that's bull, screaming at her. He says, and and it's really really funny. I started laughing my butt off while at work. And he says that is such BS, and he explains why. And and he explained one of the the best arguments against the global warming propaganda that I've ever heard. And I don't know if you've heard this before. You understand what the big banks? So let's say Bank of America here, and all the big banks and Wells Fargo and Chase. The big banks, I assume, all of them engage in some lending, some mortgages to big developers who want to build a fifty-story high-rise, right? Oh yeah. So let's say all of them do, right? Let's say Bank of America. We have some in New Hampshire. Let's say they give these these loans out, which is a loan of instead of like a few hundred thousand for a house, maybe it's like you know fifty million mortgage you paid over thirty years, right? Mm-hmm. They want to get their money back, right? So they're not going to give you a loan. They're not going to give you a loan to build a TPI building, you know, for eighty million dollars, right? They wouldn't right. do it. They don't think they're going to recoup their money. They'll think it's not going to work out for you. Yeah. They may not get their money of mortgage insurance, but that doesn't work out that well for them, right? So again, I'm not an economist. I don't know anything about housing or economics to, in this sense. But what this guy says is there are actuaries. Bank of America, when they're putting hundreds of millions online, they have actuaries. I believe that's the term, right? When they looked at to, uh, I guess, to investigate whether it's going to work out, a loan's mm-hmm. going to work out. The actuaries, they spend millions on the actuaries, I believe. They spend a lot of money to make sure they know what they're getting into. And and again, it's very political. They just want to know if they're going to get their damn money back, right? Their actuaries, if any of this nonsense was true, and the beach cities would start drowning and then we'd all drown, not a single loan would be approved in Miami or Boom. any beach city in the country. Just like that. No, now, that's so true. No, so, you, so you know what I did? So anyway, you know what? I, I, have, I, I have a brother in Miami. So I have family in Miami, Miami Beach, and, and, and elsewhere. I have other family in other coasts and a lot of other friends and family in New York, which is Long Island, Queens. It's all on the, by the ocean. So I wanted to Google, and, and I wanted to confirm. And this guy flips out when he starts calling her, you know, retard bullshit. Stop. Like, you know, he really starts cursing her out, which is really funny because he flips out and calls her stupid. And he's right. She is stupid. And again, this is, this is uh, facts. And obviously, facts don't care about your feelings, right? Thank you, Ben. So, so I, I wanted to make sure that that the facts were were true, right? So I looked into the market, and it might be down. I looked into the housing market and you new know, commercial buildings market in in I think San Francisco by the, by the beach. 
uh, Miami Beach, I think New York, and a few others in the East Coast, but like beach cities. And guess what? They're booming. They are booming. Of course, Miami they are. Beach. So, so you know, I hit up Family Miami. Beach. You're hitting a point that I was going to hit. Yeah. Yes, I've heard. You thought about this? Oh no, I, I, my dad. Business is booming. They're still going to close. They're still just, building. Why would it, they be building? It's, so, it's going to drop. Okay, so Obama was one of the first ones. It really became sort of a talking point. Obama has his house on Martha's Vineyard. Like Obama, come on. You perpetuate climate change like it's a, a religion in your life. Is that why by Massachusetts you, by the yeah, by the ocean? Yes, it is by the it's an island. It's Martha's Vineyard. Why in so the it'll world, drown, right? Why yes, why in the world does Barack Hussein Obama own a dadgum house on Martha's Vineyard on an island in the middle of the ocean off the coast of Massachusetts when he believes it it's going to go underwater. Why would he do that? That would be a stupid investment. I mean, he, he could own it, but he should sell it now because all the facts, all the logic, you know, all the uh, data for climate science believe- says it'll the value will go down, right? The closer it gets to drowning in the Think year. about this. No, no, think about this. Mayor de Blasio, who's a big climate change. Not, not, I'm sorry, not de Blasio. Um, of course he is too. Not Cuomo either. I'm they sorry. Are, uh, what's his name from uh, Boston? Um, uh, Walsh. Yeah. Mayor Walsh. Oh, man, I can't stand him. Well, because I'm an Uber driver too, and he's yeah, pays all regulations yeah. and everything. We can do a but, whole show on Uber oh, I know. and taxi licenses. So yeah. here's the problem: he came out several months ago and said climate change is one of the biggest problems we're facing. It's it's a huge problem we've got going on here, and the problem is he was talking about bringing Amazon to the sea coast, right, uh, the, in the seaport area. I wanted to go up to him to his face and ask him point blank. Why in the world are you encouraging a business? You want to, to drown the whole house? You want to drown like 7,000 employees? What kind of investment is that from a mayor? You're a moron. <laughs> I mean, really. The Blasio wanted it to happen? So not the Blasio. Uh, this was Walsh when, oh, it was, okay. when it was being talked about. You know, them, also New York. The also New, New York City. They York. wanted Amazon. Yes. New York is another one, though. Alexandria killed it, but who wanted it? Wasn't it the Blasio who wanted it? I believe it was him. I don't want to quote saying it was him, but I thought it was. A, you know, I think he might have that, wanted it. Cortez didn't want it. Here's the point. Didn't want it. It's not even Amazon. Amazon's not even necessarily the point. The point is they love their city. They claim to love their city. They claim climate change is a problem. But the issue is they're encouraging more building and more development and this and that. Why would you encourage develop? Why don't you just... Here's the real question. If climate change is really a threat to mankind and all coastal cities. No, the wall. By the beaches. All the, not just a wall. Why don't you evacuate the cities? Yeah. Because you can't evacuate the cities in days. You You're right. To, it takes time. You gotta, you and gotta and get they this. keep saying it's an emergency. They say climate is an emergency, existential crisis, <laughs> impending doom. They keep using these terms. And don't give, me this, don't give me this crap about overpopulation. I chase tornadoes every year in the Great Plains. My brother, my brother yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. You've been to Wyoming before, haven't yeah, yeah. you? A lot of well, space. My goodness gracious. <laughs> Wyoming it's, is one of yeah. the, the least populated state in the U.S., which it's is unfortunate least, yeah. because it's a beautiful state. Yep. I love that state to death. Well, it's a secret. Don't come because more people Oh, yeah. No, don't no, come. I'm sorry. They, I just, they, they, just blue they, cover. No, it's <laughs> a horrible state. <laughs> I mean, terrible, ugly, yeah. very, very bad people. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, but there's so much vast open land and, you know, so why don't you? Why don't they tell everybody to move out west and start building there and investing there? Where's Elon Musk? Why isn't he encouraging that? He didn't really talk about these issues, but my point—well, maybe a little bit—but my point is, we hear all about this threat of climate change, rising sea levels, people are going to drown, the whole, and the Earth is going to end in twelve years. So if the Earth's going to end in twelve years and there's going to be no beachfront property, why are we investing in beachfront property? And you, you know what? You're seeing a lot of leftists because they've got all the money supposedly. They're building all up and down the seacoast from all the way from Miami yep. all the way to Nova Scotia. 
They're disgusting. They're hypocrites, it, man. It's incredible. So because they, they know they're lying, yeah. they know they're and, and, that, the and that and that's the issue. That's what I want to get to. And and it's an interesting distinction, right? Because the political class, the elite, the swamp, Alexandria Cortez. Actually, I don't know about her, but people like Kerry, people like Gore. I believe they know they're lying. If they really think that this this world is going to warm and get hot, hotter and hotter until we're in hell and and all the ice is melting, we're all going to drown. Sea levels will rise. If they believed that crap they spewed, they would never fly an airplane because airplanes put out what, like the equivalent of, of driving a car 100 million miles. Yeah, the, the, something uh, like that. We need to ban volcanoes too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One volcano, even in Wyoming, all the volcanoes have one burps. What is that? Like a trillion cars driving a million miles. It's something like that. So it's an insane number. A car is negligible compared to an airplane. And an airplane is probably negligible compared to a volcano, I would assume. But but airplanes, you know, Alexandria Cortez said she wants to stop air travel in the country, right? She wants that all domestic airplanes replaced with trains, which you know Amtrak's working out great. So yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, but, but, but she but she, she flies. Fly. That's she what I'm saying. Fly. Yeah, she flies from DC she's to New York. A, but Ellie, you got to understand, she's allowed to do it because saving time for constituents. Well, but yeah, yeah I saving time for constituents. But she's she's doing it with the right intent. Yeah, she has a good heart. She's trying to save your life she's, from yeah. climate change. <laughs> It's, oh, brother. It's incredible how these people fly. What's so ironic is they'll fly to, to Paris for the climate accord and all that crap. They'll, they'll fly all around to lecture me about climate change. You'll have people from California, maybe Gore fly from Hollywood to here to speak about climate change. It's, it's, it's one of those hypocritical you know, things. It's so true. And you know every time or almost every time they have a climate change summit somewhere around the world, it snows. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so funny. The other thing, too, is here's another argument I like to use. Okay, so – People are so well because again it was known as global warming a number of years ago, right? One but, of the greatest things ever, one of the greatest, I guess, audibles or the greatest uh, uh, recoveries was was renaming it again. Oh yeah, media they renamed it. So check change. this out. It was it was global warming. Then for a little while, if you remember, it was climate disruption. Okay, yeah. And then it became climate change because they realized climate disruption just sounds stupid. Weird, yeah. You know, it doesn't make sense. But climate change works. Global warming. Global warming is supposed to be a good thing, isn't it? I mean, half the people, most people in New England complain about the cold. They, they hate the snow and cold. So why in the world is global warming a bad thing? And it grows plants. You need warming for plants, right? Greenhouses are created so they can grow plants and everything. I just don't understand. the. the it's incredible they what they've done to the, to the memory of people. And you have to be done to it before because it, it's – like they say it's a prophecy. It really is coming true. Almost all the things are coming true with the spying and everything else. But also with the, with the controlling of media and setting the narrative, mm -hmm. if you can erase history, bombard people constantly with the, what the new truth is. Because, you know, whatever the truth is, you know, if all the media says it, that is the truth. So yep. they were erasing of all the global cooling, definitely, but also erasing all of the global warming stuff now. Five years ago, even, I remember people would say the term global warming. Now, and now, by the way, when I, when I argue so on true. Facebook, which is quite a bit, I, I only refer to it as global warming because, again, I want I believe in intellectual honesty. Right. If you're going to argue something, be honest on it. Be intellectually honest. Don't you know? Don't be disingenuous. Don't say, well, it's yeah. climate change, therefore any cold or warm or tornadoes or lack of tornadoes, I can blame on this issue. But that's what, and that's just it. The, you you nailed it a minute ago when they changed it to climate change. Now they are allowed to be right, no matter yeah, how it ends. No matter up. whatever happens. Yeah, this a, a cold a, day yesterday, a warm day today, they're always right. This is a problem because mm -hmm. there are actual scientists and meteorologists out there who understand how weather works. They study this. My father is one of them. He loves it. I mean, he is obsessed with this topic. He, he loves weather. He, he, I mean, he went to college for it. He's he's looked at the history of it, and he chases this stuff. So he's done everything yep. within weather. And it's people like my father 
but look at an issue like this weather and they say, I want to prepare people for what's actually yeah, about yeah. to happen. Quit and and you know they put like they politicize everything. Everything is now political. Is. Science is political now, and, and global warming and all this other stuff. And my dad looks at it and goes, "My gosh, can I just enjoy my field of weather without bringing politics into it?" But it, it can't now. You know, you can't even enjoy it. And it's, it's an excellent point. Public education <clears throat> also helps. With public education it helps to frame the narrative. Is and rotten. Yeah. Yeah, my goodness. Of uh, four years I served on that committee, and what a what a bunch of poopy. <laughs> Is that family friendly? Oh, that's family friendly for everybody. That's fine. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's I, unbelievable. It was honestly you gotta admire it. Like I admire a great recovery when I would do a double backflip and I could recover when I messed up midair. Yeah. One of the greatest recoveries. I admire it. When they went from global cooling to global to to global warming to climate change, it, it is really incredible. It's impressive. Oh, we're gonna knock that, that recovery. And, and and honestly, sometimes you want to hear some conspiracy stuff. Sometimes I think that they only. Do they only say some of the the ridiculous things they say mm -hmm. because they want to see how well they can recover and how well they can manipulate people? It's like they're testing us. They, they test the they, waters. Yeah, they, they want to see, see. They want to see. Can we really convince everyone of anything in the world and then flip it and convince them of the other? That's exactly. And I think right. they do this in 1984 as well. I believe. Oh well, yeah. yeah. No, so they right. say global cooling, global warming, climate change. Now they can go back to global cooling tomorrow, and they'll start. You know, you know. New newspapers and removing old books from circulation. Amazon would take them down. Public education. Man. And within a year, you'll have everyone saying, Josh, it's always been global cooling. What do you mean? Oh, it's always been global cooling for decades. Oh, that's exactly and what they, they do. Re, they redo the thing. They make the truth. That's what they've done with this Russia collusion thing, by the way. Not to go into that as an extreme uh, and a deep topic, but simply to say, even recently now, the, the left in the, in the media are saying, oh, we never were, it was never about Russian collusion. You're full of crap. It wasn't about Russian inclusion. That's all you ever talked about for the last two years. It was about 99% so, of the, the content. That's exactly it. right. So everything on the – and, you know, I don't even like using the term Democrat now because I have a lot of Democrat friends who – there's a lot of things I disagree with them on. But the, I really – they really do – a number of them I think do have a good heart and they, they want to do something that helps. They're just misguided. And I believe that. I use the term communism, Marxism, mm -hmm. socialism, because these – tyranny is really the word to use because that's what these people believe. Tyrants, they love power and they love control. And this isn't some uh, – what's it, what's it called? Conspiracy theory. I mean this is in our – They faces. want more power and control. They love power and control. So they, they get a hold of the media. They manipulate media and they control – they manipulate the masses that way. People are only able to be controlled by what they're willing to allow themselves to be controlled by. So you can only be, be manipulated if you allow yourself to be manipulated. If you don't turn on so, the TV. Somebody, somebody goes, well, how do I not be manipulated? Read some books. Read some books on history. Read that. I encourage people all the time. Read Joseph Story's commentaries on the Constitution. He was an original Supreme Court justice, right? Read Alexis de Tocqueville's Democracy in America. Oh, yeah, he talked yeah. about culture over the four years that he traversed America in the early 1800s. Read the Federalist Papers and the Anti-Federalist Papers. Read these documents and know what the Founding Fathers said. So that way, because when we read those documents, then we know the original intent of America. We know the culture back then. How did we become a nation that we are today? Because you know, we can't seem to keep it together, right? Once we understand that, then we can begin to piece things together. Then you have a standard to go by. It's like, okay, that ain't right. I don't care what yeah. the media says. That's bull poop right there, yeah. right? <laughs> See, family, friendly, yeah. I love it. I don't cuss anyway, so it doesn't yeah. matter. But we go through all this stuff, and, and it's a lot of manipulation. So, But I like to encourage people. Elliot, I mean, you know me, yeah. brother. I, I like to encourage people. I yeah. love to You're get always optimistic, hope. which is great. Yeah. You got to be because there is hope in our generation. How old are you? 
Uh, 25. Okay, so I'm 29. We're about, we're close to the same age, yeah. relatively, and we're within the same generation. You and I have a lot of work to do. Yeah. You know, I know. Oh, we, we do work a lot. Yeah, I know, and and it's an uphill battle. But we've got a, all this Marxism we're having to control, and I, I know a lot of your viewers too within the Liberty Block uh, are, are very liberty minded, and that's great. And we have to know when we're working together, we have to be optimistic and know, okay, what's the next step? You know, maybe the approach is not always agreed upon. That's all right. We can work together on that. We can figure that out, yeah. convince one another. But we agree on the end goal: liberty. Liberty is the end goal. And by the way, if you look at Noah Webster's eighteen twenty eight dictionary, libertarian is in it. Really? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, libertarian. Was a very new libertarian. Term. The word libertarian is in the 1828 dictionary published by Noah Webster, and I re I, I believe the definition is pertaining to liberty. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Now the no. question is, okay, what does liberty define? You know, but then you go in this conversation, but it's really interesting. So, so does the Patriot Initiative have a website yet? I know yes, you're on Facebook. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, we're on Facebook. So what's the website? We'll, we'll yeah, well, the website is the Patriot Initiative USA.org. That's the Patriot Initiative USA.org. We are on Facebook and Twitter as well. And we have a uh, forum coming up on climate change, the science behind extreme weather. We've got some great panelists, experts in their field coming up on Tuesday, April 16th, 6:30 to 8:30 p.m. at the Sunapee High School Middle School. It's the same uh, building. And doors open up at 6 p.m., so we're looking forward to that. And this is all about liberty. And this is one of many forums to come. We're going to be at college campuses, high schools. We're going to be talking about the Constitution, and we're going to be inspiring and training young men and women to run for office. That's what this is all about, man. And and this is all parallel to the culture shift that we're, mm -hmm. we're out there to create as well. We want young men and women becoming a part of this movement. We're going to be shift culture in the right direction, restore family values, restore the Constitution and liberty, go back to the original intent of the Founding Fathers, and bring our country back. Liberty, baby. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, Josh. thanks, Elliot. Brother, man, thank you for what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you very much for staying with us. And we'll be back on Liberty Block Live soon, hopefully within a week. Have a good night.